0: It's the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX and place a $1 football bet and get $150 in free bets. It's just that easy. Here we are. It's episode nine now. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, Steve Peters. How's everyone doing today?
1: Uh happy to be through the rookie faceoff, I'll say that. <clears throat>
2: yeah, that's awesome. a lot of hockey that's tough. Not, I don't want to say tough to watch. That's not fair. That's not fair, but it's not what you're and not what you're used to, right, Craig?
1: No, I mean, and it's not their fault, right? That look, these guys barely knew each other. They had probably talked to about systems for all of 10 minutes and then they just got thrown into game. So you can't expect it to look fluid or pretty. <laughs> And it wasn't the last two days, but you know, a lot of guys got their feet wet, you know, with, with with international players, it can be just about, you know, getting a few games on the North American ice service for a lot of these guys. It's just getting familiar with the setting, with the way the coyotes want to do things. Really? We've talked about this before. It was, it was more like an orientation for everybody.
2: Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit on our, our show yesterday who I thought were the, the key players for the Coyotes over the weekend and surprises. I, I know you wrote, you know, you've written about all these prospects for a long time, but, but for the people that didn't catch the show yesterday, do you have anybody that really jumped out at you from the weekend?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote about this. I, ben McCartney is probably the the guy that everybody said, wow, where'd he come from? Seventh round draft pick. They of course signed him to an ELC in May after he had that really good season with Brandon in the uh, WHL, but, Still, it's junior hockey. It's 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 the WHL. I don't know how much that's worth in a covid year. Um, and then he comes in and he had a, an absolutely terrific rookie tournament. Again, it's take it with a grain of salt. He's still competing against rookies. These are not NHL players. There's, there's a lot of other factors. But the things that jump out of, about him first and foremost is he's just a max effort guy. He always gives it his all in every area of the ice. He's setting screens. He's throwing his body around. He's winning board battles. He's scoring goals. He did, he, he probably helped himself as much as anybody in that tournament for the Coyotes.
0: That's awesome. And will he be at the main camp starting tomorrow?
1: We have not seen the main camp roster okay. yet. I assume it will come out soon. I would guess he'll be there, but uh, okay. I, we haven't seen it yet.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah you anticipate he's going to be there. And he's one of the guys, exactly like Craig said, like it wasn't about, like he wasn't the most skilled guy on the ice. He's not the fastest guy on the ice. But boy, does he work hard and you notice him. And and all you can ask for a guy coming in, especially a seventh round pick, is get yourself noticed. So now we're talking about him. He did his job. So I, I honestly, I'm excited to see what he does against NHL players. Can he compete? Can he keep up? We'll see.
1: Yeah.
0: And a couple other we- guys,
1: uh, Matthias Michele, I thought looked Look skilled, looked fast, looked quick. Uh, he made plays, so he didn't look out of place on this ice service. Of course, he has some familiar- familiarity with it. Um, Dylan Gunther's shot is every bit as advertised. He's got other areas of his game to work on, but, boy, he can shoot the puck and he can score goals, and the Coyotes have need- needed that for as long as they've needed a franchise center, so – Maybe they've got one baking in the system at this point. But one
2: of the things, Craig, and I, and I I, agree 100% on your assessment of Gunther, one of the things that I have watching him play that I'm concerned about, um, I think he's going to have an outstanding year in junior. But but you look at Dylan Strom, who is a player that the Coyotes picked at number three, who's lights out on the power play when it's not under pressure and you have time to think and time to make a play. And that's where... Dylan Gunther, succeeded the most over the last three days was on the power play, where he has time. Now, I, I think it's a too small of a sample set and not against the right competition to see where he fits in and five on five-on-five. And to be honest, I haven't seen him in that situation, so it's not fair for me to assess that. But that is a concern watching from just the weekend's activity that he's shown on the power play. Can he do it five-on-five?
1: Yeah. And he's 18 and he's going to have to learn the pace of the game, right? You, it's an adjustment getting used to the NHL speed. The one thing that, you know, Dylan Gunther has that Dylan Strom did not is he's a good skater. So he, right. he can get around the ice. He can get to, to spaces more quickly so that that'll help him.
2: Yeah, and I think the future for, for Dylan Gunther is going to be huge. I didn't want to diminish anything what the expectations are of this player. It's something I personally will keep an eye on, but I expect him to, to flourish in juniors, let him bake, let him stay away. Let's go through another development camp next year before we even start thinking about him wearing a Coyotes jersey. He, the kid can shoot. I mean, if you can score from the top of the circle and beat a goalie clean while he's looking at you, that's impressive.
0: Yeah. um, A friend of mine told me that he's planning to order the white Kachina jersey. And he said, I think I'm going to get Gunther's name. And I said, you might not be able to see him in that jersey for a couple of years. But, you know, a good long term investment, if you will. Well, we'll be looking ahead at main camp, which um, kicks off tomorrow. We'll be talking a lot about that in our live show tomorrow. Um, today, soon, any minute, we will be joined by a special guest, um, former NHL player Wh- Ray Whitney, um, who is on, a member of the Coyotes um, between 2010 and 2012, I believe um, one of the many stops on his 22 year uh, NHL career. So we'll be looking forward to talking to him um, about a a number of things, including prepping for training camp, but among others.
1: Yeah. He he of course was on that 2011, 12 team that made that run to the Western conference final. Um, We were just talking about this off air, but on a line with Marty Hansel and redeem verbata, they made magic that season. Wits led the team with 77 points. Verby had 35 goals that year, P.D., You probably remember, and there have not been a lot of guys who have reached the 35 goal mark in the yeah. uh, in the Coyote sweater. So that was a remarkable year for them. And then there was Marty, who didn't necessarily put up big points, but he uh, he cleared a lot of space for those guys. He he made things happen for them with his big body and his net front presence.
2: Yeah, you know, one thing about Ray and I. You go back to what he did here in Arizona. We clearly talked about leading the team in points, um, but he brought more than his skill to the ice. I mean, he was a veteran NHL player. Um, he brought some character to the room. He brought some accountability to the room. Um, if not for him and what he he provided to this team on and off the ice, they don't have that success. I mean, that they. The off-white stuff was as important, the leadership, um, teaching people how to win, how to prepare the right way, what it meant to be an NHL player. Those are the things that Ray Ritney was able to bring to that team.
0: All right. Well, he is here, so I will uh, bring him into the conversation here. Yeah,
2: glad I said that before he joined <laughs> the conversation because I don't need to hear him. He's heard enough.
0: So we are welcoming our guest, Ray Whitney, 22-year NHL career, was a member of the Coyotes from 2010 to 2012. Thank you so much for joining the PHNX Coyotes podcast, Ray Whitney. How are you?
3: I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for coming.
1: As I was noting, uh, this is media availability, so I'm guessing that you joined this reluctantly.
3: (laughs) You know well. Yeah. my there are media i do like and you're one of them so i would always respond for you but <laughs> wow do a sound well, i feel special know. now yeah you're few wow. and far between though <laughs> <laughs> there, there it is which where are you right now uh i'm back in arizona um coach my son's hockey team i came back from idaho obviously i don't know if you know i spend my summers up in idaho but uh school here the system seems to want to start early here so uh we are back early uh early august and um Back at it.
1: Yeah, I'm annoyed by that as well, having to start school in early August. I'd like to have that whole month off to to vacation, but I haven't figured it out.
3: No, for sure. I don't understand it personally, but I'm sure there's some kind of um, scenario that they're using for it, but uh, I don't get it. After Labor Day seems fine with me. Yeah. So you're busy? I am. Yeah. um, Well, as busy as a retired hockey player can be. I mean, uh, once the season starts is when we actually get busy in the Department of Player Safety. but like I said earlier, I was on on with the Board of Governors today. I I get to listen to them. And if it's a live meeting, I'm actually going to them. And uh, it's fun to see how they operate in the league and, and what they go through. So um, it's nice to be able to keep up uh, with what's happening without the league. Ray, a lot of people that that follow the
2: league know the name George Perils. And they know when the decision comes down from your committee, it comes from George. But can you give a little idea of what you provide to that group and what your
3: input has been? Yeah, um George obviously he's the one who has to um talk to the general managers give the uh the call after a game saying we're going to have a hearing and then after the hearing if we decide which is usually a 95% or 90% um conviction rate I guess you could say um you know we have the hearing the next day and George is the one who has to call the general managers to tell them that the player has been suspended but um he will send out a thoughts usually on any play that happens throughout the night in the game. And it all comes over to our computers, phones, iPads, whatever I have with me at the time, uh, you view it. And if he decides he wants uh, some updates on it or some more input on it, he'll send us an email saying, Hey, I need your thoughts on this one. Um, so we give our thoughts. And, um, if I don't think it's anything, I'll say, I don't think it's anything or, or vice versa. And, uh, in the end, if he decides it's going to be a hearing the next morning, uh, usually in the late morning out, out West here, we have a hearing and, uh, and then basically, we listen to the player, we listen to the general manager and the PA. Everybody give their their opinion and their perspective on a play, and uh, we get off that. We get together as a group, um, and then we we each give our opinion, our voice, our you know our side of it, and, and where we think. And we're not usually together. Some obvious ones that are, are pretty easy, uh, we're all together on it. But there's a lot of times when we're three, two, four, one, uh, that type of thing. And um, so we just give our input, and in the end, George is the one who makes the final decision, and um, he's the one who has to call a general manager and let, their, let them know what their player has been suspended. I one I'm thing,
2: at, I, I'll, ahead, one more quick on that, because because what's interesting to me is, and especially at the end of last year with, you know, all of the, the, the kerfuffle with the Rangers and the Capitals, and you look at the second day of the season this year, the Rangers and Capitals meet again. In your role, do you do you kind of put an asterisk on the schedule and go, hey, I'm going to keep an eye on that one, or or you just Completely reactionary to 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 follow it as it plays out.
3: No, no, no. We're 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 not the rocket scientists, but we're not stupid either. Uh, We we put an asterisk on that one. Um, (laughs) Not just because of that game, uh, but obviously because of the personnel that they brought in. Being New York Rangers, Um, you know, they've changed their identity a little bit or added some identity to their team and um, and playing. In our league right now, public enemy number one is is Tom Wilson, who I think is a heck of a player, by the way, but um not well liked by a lot of teams. But we understand the situations and and we'll be looking we'll be looking at that one fairly close. And I'm imagining, to be honest with you, somebody from our department, most likely George, will be at the game live and um from there we'll you know, we hope nothing happens and uh, if it does, it's probably going to be between two big boys. And long as it's done in a fair, fair situation, I don't anticipate being a lot of problem.
1: Ray, does this in many ways feel like a thankless job? Um, you're going to have fans criticizing your decisions. You're going to have media criticizing your decisions. Do you feel like you can ever win in in this position?
3: Well, you can't and you can't care either. That's the thing. I, I don't care if the fans like me or I don't care if the media likes me. I've already been, i already been at the top and been through it all. So uh, I have plenty of friends, uh, well, some who say my friends, I don't know if they still are or not, but, uh, but I really, you know what, you have to have thick skin, but you have to have a little bit of an, I don't care attitude. And uh, I really don't care if media likes it. And I really don't care if fans like it uh, one way or the other, because like you and I have talked before in the past, you and I have disagreed on numerous calls and what happens it's, it's usually a fan-based, uh, decision or it's a uh, team fans like a certain team or even some GMs like certain other teams better. And, um, Throughout the league, you'll have decisions that make some people happy and piss a lot of other people off. And then um, our decision is it's not biased in any way. It's just what we feel and we go about it and we turn the page the next day and take our lumps. And the beauty of it though, Craig, is I don't go on social media. So I actually don't see who hates it and who doesn't. And um, so it doesn't really, bother. I don't really hear too much about it. One more
1: question on department player, player safety before, because I know PD wants to ask about training camp, but what made you decide to join this department in the first place?
3: Well, just to stay in the league, I wanted to do something with the league. And um, when you play as long as I did and you were um, in a situation where you miss a lot of time with your kids, um, you know, it is, it is heavy travel and, and a big commitment to play in the National Hockey League. But this was a job that um, I could do, I could do, you know, from wherever I am. Um, and I could still be at home with my kids and, and coach my son's hockey and be around with my daughters and uh, something that you don't get to do as much of as you would like to when you're playing. And, uh, and in the same aspect, it keeps me uh, relevant in the game. I'm relevant with all the players, uh, all the players within the league coming up. Uh, we go to the drafts, we go to the board of government meetings, we go to the general manager meetings. So you're very up to date on what's going on within the inner workings of the NHL. And you, you're really up to date with the players of the NHL. So um, the next step after this, if I, if I get out of this, and, and I'd like to get into to some sort of management and, and, put the nose to the grindstone there, but um we'll see how that works out. But right now it's, it's a good fit for me and my family.
1: PD, I know you wanted to ask about camp. So.
2: Yeah. You know, we, we look at this time of year and we, we talked and we looked over your, your career numbers and what you've done in the national hockey league games played and so forth. You broke into this league when you were a really young guy, you played for a long time. Can you, can you give us an idea this time of year? You know, the differences from your first training camp to your last training camp, how players were prepared and and what that process was like?
3: Yeah, there's many differences for one. Um, Actual testing that you do is way different now. Um, You know, back in the old days, how much could you bench press and how much could you squat? And just kind of an old, you know, tough guy kind of mentality. and, And then players actually didn't come into camp in shape. They used camp to get into shape before the season started. That's what a three week training camp was for. Um, so i didn't my first like i i think i mentioned it to you guys before at some point that my first few years in the league i didn't train real hard in the summertime I, w- I was never a heavy guy anyway but i never got out of shape a ton but i didn't train i didn't lift i just i used training camp to to get in shape and uh a few years later you get bought out of your contract and realize you have to change what you're doing and i went back to 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 working out or actually started working out and training with a trainer and um, and I saw the benefits right away. I scored 30 goals my first year. I actually trained in the summer. So um, after that, I trained my, the rest of my life. And uh, in training camp, now the players come in better shape than, they're, than they are all year long. I think you actually, if you tested them in the first day of training camp and mid-season at the end, their cardio and their, you know, what they do as a hockey player is going to be better, but their actual strength and and some of the other stuff will be worse because you just don't get the time to be in the gym as much as as you normally do. But uh, training camp's a stressful day. Day one is a stressful day because of testing. You always want to do well. You want to impress everybody, and um, it's funny. I'll, I'll quit drinking beer or do anything for about three weeks, four weeks before training camp. As soon as I do the testing, I, I go get a beer right away, just to, just to put it all at ease. Well, we just finished
2: development camp here, so we saw a lot of young kids. You know, eighteen to twenty-one year old kids, kind of finding their way in pro hockey, and for many of them, you know, tomorrow is going to be their first official day of training camp what was that like for you on day one season
3: one first training camp uh first training camp day one was tough for me uh in my first relevant one my first training camp i went to i was actually uh, injured at the time i had some heel surgery uh done so i wasn't on the ice for the training camp but uh, my first actual one when i was starting from day one uh was very stressful because you uh, where I was, I, I felt I had an opportunity to make the team, and I did um, have an opportunity. But you look at the people you're going up against, and you kind of like you look at the depth chart, and you look to see, okay, he's on the team, he's on the team. And uh, even nowadays, they they pretty much know where the team is. It's a financial um, uh, aspect to it now, where you know there's a salary cap, and most guys who are on the team are already penciled in to be on the team, but. There's always going to be an exception. You're always going to be uh, maybe a young guy that turns somebody's head or it's going to be an older guy that surprises you or, or, or a PTO that comes in and, um, and and wows you for a little bit. So um, as a young guy though, going up against some of the bigger, older guys, you get a little nervous. You get a little nervous. Back when I started, there was a lot of fighting in, in camp and uh, you know it was pretty rough. So that aspect was a little bit different too. You're like, okay, don't get on the wrong side of this guy. Uh, stay clear of this guy, because it literally was four or five fights every scrimmage and um, today you wouldn't find four or five fights in an entire preseason so um, you know it's a little different in that aspect but as we got older um, I I didn't worry too much about the on ice stuff I kind of you know you're established you know where you sit you just don't want to get embarrassed by some of the young guys and and in that same aspect you want to show these young guys how um, how it is to be a pro and how it is to what you're gonna have to do in the future to make this team. I know you played for eight teams. I don't know that you were ever
1: in uh, a full rebuild, but what do you, you know, maybe in some of those years where it was pretty apparently going to be lean or if you can project what it's going to be like for the Coyotes this year, knowing that they're just, they've stripped it down. What's it like, particularly for veteran guys having to play in, in that environment when there's there's only so much time left in your career?
3: Yeah, that, that's mentally mentally challenging and mentally you, you have to, Um, come to grips with where you are in your career and where you are you know within the season and and what team you're on and where they're going and and the direction they want to be in and you have to mentally prepare for that and mentally accept that and if you don't you're going to have a long year you're going to be miserable you're going to um, at some point probably be moved or try to get out of there but um, if you embrace it uh, like I said I was been I've been on two expansion teams and uh, At end of my career in Dallas, we we missed the playoffs the first year, but they brought in a lot of young guys, and and I was brought in mainly to to help build a culture in in that organization and, and change some some attitudes in there. So if you accept it and you're willing to uh, be a part of it, it, you can you can actually have some fun with it. It's um, young guys are fun, like the old guys get a little. Get a little leery of young guys because they're there to take their job and that but if you if you go about it a different way and you and you have fun with them and you show them some respect uh they'll give it back to you just just the same and they can learn a lot from them they uh first of all if, on social media i wouldn't even know how to get on it i had tyler saying set up my entire uh what is it i have snapchat i called it that a face snap or something so all those things uh you know you gotta be you gotta be willing to change with times and, and be a part of their lives and if you do that, you can be an impactful player, impactful person on their lives going on in the future, but you have to embrace it. And if you don't, you're going to have a tough year. And I know there's some older guys in the Coyotes and uh, in their rebuild that they're doing now. And I think they're doing a great job on it, by the way. Um, they've done some great moves. And um, I think the guys they brought in are guys who will be that uh, that type of player. I got
1: to ask, as long as we're, uh, we were on the topic of uh, using training camp to get in shape versus coming in in shape. Do you have any stories of guys who came in just in epically
3: bad shape and and struggled in camp? Yes, for sure. I think every year you have a guy whose whose body fat is a little higher than than they want to be. They give a suggested, a strongly suggested body fat to come in as, and um, and I had a few guys over the years that, um, you know, they called it the fat club. I'm not sure you could say that anymore in today's day and era, but back then that's what it was called. Uh, which meant they had to ride the bike extra after every practice and, and things like that. And uh, I had one guy in, in, uh, in one training camp, he came in so out of shape that uh, the first day on the ice was just a, a 40 minutes practice. It wasn't even a scrimmage, wasn't a lot of battling or anything like that. He could barely get through it. Um, you know, he was struggling stiff leg it. And um, the coaching staff just told him, listen, you're not going to play until November at the earliest. We're, we're going to skate you every day until then, until, until you throw up. And, they did that for three weeks straight. He was asthmatic, so he was not hard. They didn't have to skate him that long, but uh, he ended up throwing up three weeks in a row. And hopefully for him, there was an injury on the, on the back end and he got to get in the lineup. So um, I have seen it. The, the coaches take it seriously and and, and they should because it's um, how you start the season can some a lot of times affect where you end the season uh, in terms of where your team is finishing. So uh, teams get off to a bad start. Usually you don't recover from them and teams that, you don't expect to get off to good starts can really help themselves.
0: And here at uh, PHNX, we are sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, um, which is America's top rated sports book. And right now they have a promotion going on. If you sign up using the code PHNX, they will give you $150 in free bets as long as you bet a dollar on any NFL game. So if you're looking to get into it, that is a way that you can start. Um, They also have a special going on right now with um, in-game parlays. If, it doesn't hit. They will credit you up to $25 back. So just a really a lot of really cool, interesting things happening in the, the sports gambling world for sure here um, in Arizona. Um, and just for note, that's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Um, and... Another thing that's new is our whole network here at PHNX. Um, I don't know, Ray, if you've been following along. I know you and Craig go way back.
2: Of course he is. He's (laughs) got to be a member of Craig. Everybody (laughs) follows Craig. Craig.
0: Exactly. Well, yeah. And Craig has some amazing stories already up on the website at gophnx.com. And Ray, I don't know if you've seen our Coyotes t-shirt either, but it's the top selling shirt on the PHNX website so far. Um, So you might have to get a hold of one of those yourself as well.
3: Uh, have to? Does it have a, the Kachina jersey on it or logo or <laughs> exactly? Kachina, yeah, Kachina, everything's Kachina. changed
0: now. Yeah. We, yeah. Well,
1: there are obviously licensing rights to copyrights, so we have to be careful. With that. You uh, to be careful. You know, we we walk a fine line here, right? One <laughs> well, thing, but one Ray, has yeah. changed. Uh, listen, Ray, but you, before we let you go, uh, no, I gotta, and I know you can't. uh You probably can't do too much of this because you work for the league. But when you look around the league at this upcoming season. Which are the teams where you're like, yeah, this this team's in the mix. This team is definitely cup potential.
3: Well, you have to go with the guys who've just won it twice. Um, there's not a they lost an important guy with uh, Yanni Gord, but um, the the structure and the base of that team is still still really good and really fun to look at. Um, I'm still waiting for Colorado to take that next step. I think Nate McKinnon's a real special player and. Um, I know up north eventually we need one of these Canadian teams to come through for us as being a Canadian um, and I think Edmonton they got to really start um, finding a way with the players that they have with dry settlement David to find that next step and those of us who are from the from the desert down here I think we always pull for the secretly pull for the kid in Toronto and uh, I think I think they have a really good opportunity as well but uh, that's my Canadian picks for there it's I'm a little biased towards them but um, one thing with our league and the beauty of our league the parody is so good that uh um, any night i mean listen we had the, the year we, we lost out oh, greg uh eighth seed won the stanley cup and i don't think you'll ever see that in basketball i don't think you'll ever see a wild card team or possibly a wild card team in football but what, what makes hockey so great is that um if you come together as a team anybody can win once they get to the playoffs and um my pick would still be uh my, my friend coach cooper out there in tampa but um, i'm waiting for nate mckinnon to take that next step as well
2: Ray, the last one for me and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it because our audience is Coyote fans you know, they're, they're rabid hockey fans in the Valley and have been for a long time. If we didn't talk about the 11-12 season and we didn't say how important that was for this franchise to get a series win. So from your perspective, whether it's a great moment or some something that happened to you, I know you provided some of the things you talked about, that veteran leadership to this group. Um, and that's one of the reasons you were a part of that team. Can you give us any special memory from that 11-12, that 12th 12 playoff run?
3: Yeah, there was a few things, you know, obviously on a, not a negative side, but remember, we all remember the Rafi Torres hit on, on Hosa in the, in the first series that had a lot of uh, adversity to it uh, for us as a club. Um, but I think the, the, the biggest thing I remember from that, and uh, two things actually uh, that stand out a lot, uh, Mike Smith's play throughout the, the first series against Chicago was some of the best goaltending I've ever seen and witnessed. And we do not get through anywhere close to getting through without Mike Smith and the way he played throughout the playoffs was actually astonishing. And And the second thing was how uh, often Shane Doan was late for the plane. Um, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> uh, and he's he, funny, <laughs> him and I always go at it. He always, never thinks he was late, but he owes me, still to this day, he hasn't paid it back then. I kept track, I kept a tab. He owes me three hours and 20 minutes. So. I'm trying to find some some yard work for him to come over and use that big frame of his. That's fantastic. I you can can talk thanks, Ray. Livestock around or something. We know he has. Experience. I, I know. I need some bales or something, just have the big guy throw them around.
1: <laughs> Wits, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it and always great to hear from you. My pleasure, guys. I appreciate your time.
0: Thank you.
2: Well, Craig, I got to give it to you for doing all the, the work and, and getting Ray Whitney on the show. That was honestly, that's some really good insight. And he's, he loves the game. He loves to talk about the game and, and it's really good stuff. So thanks Craig for getting that done.
1: You know, what's funny is that uh, with all the stories we could, we could have gone on forever stories that season. I thought one that he was going to break when he said Shane Doan, I thought he was going to talk about the hat trick. Remember the hat trick against yeah. the island? Yeah. Like one 10th of a second after that game, Ray Whitney wrote my entire story for me with his quotes on, on what he told me about that game. Because if you remember, they had to review it. And Whit yeah. says, "Yeah, I went over to the refs and I said, look, tell Toronto, this may never happen again. So you have to count. this.'
2: <laughs> Unbelievable. Right? And you know what? The, the one thing we, we didn't get out of Ray on this interview was the personality that, that he has. Like, mean, yeah, if, if those fans can remember back in his, two brief season here in Arizona. We talked about the, the where's Whitney where he'd photobomb every bench interview of every player. and You would, you would just wait for it. Where's Ray. What's Ray going to do today. Yeah. I know my wife would sit home and couldn't wait to see if, if Ray was going to pop up on camera. So he, he's quite a character, but you know what? He's a good leader. He prepares and he, he was a heck of a hockey player for this team. Um, so there's a lot of good memories with Ray Whitney.
0: Yeah. And
1: he, uh, he hated talking to media or at least he always told us he hated talking to media The problem with Ray was whenever he showed up, he was unbelievable. So we kept asking for him because he's a great (laughs) analyst. He's, he's articulate. He's funny. He's everything you want in a quote as a reporter.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I'll never forget that run to the conference final in 2012 as a coyotes fan. And one of my favorite memories was actually being in the building when they won the series against Nashville for the second round. So that's one of my all-time favorite coyotes memories and hockey memories as well. And You know, I don't know what the odds are that the Coyotes will make it again to the conference finals, at least in the next couple of years. Um, Speaking of of odds, odds. you can find all team futures on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, You know, we've said it before. We said it again. It's a super, super easy app to use. And another thing that I, I don't think I've emphasized enough is just how easy it is to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. A lot of these apps, it takes like a week or two to get your money out. Like you can get your money out right away. It's so, so, so quick and easy to deposit money. So I mean, I didn't know what I was doing a couple of weeks ago. I've almost tripled my money, the money that I put in. So it's really like you can't go wrong, especially signing up with that code PHNX, because you'll get those $150 in free bets. And then you can kind of sprinkle that around and learn the ropes and really no risk in those bets either. Since it's money that DraftKings is giving you to try it all out. So can't really go wrong there. And You know, of course, we appreciate I know you said that he hates the media, but that Ray took the time to talk to us here at um, PHNX and hopefully he'll subscribe to our podcasts wherever he listens to podcasts. That's PHNX Coyotes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever that is, Um, and our YouTube page as well for our live shows three times a week. PHNX Sports. Um, Be sure to check that out as well. Any any closing thoughts, Craig or Petey?
1: I'm good, Petey. You oh, good? No, that's
2: a fantastic. And, and Craig, get more of those guests. It makes yeah, a lot easier do that. Yeah. Man, we'll yeah. It's a you. lot
0: of fun. It's a lot of fun with the guests. And you know, I feel like, like you said, we could have gone on forever with him. So maybe one that time we could I'm
1: on the air for he, has gone on forever. He's been on the air for three hours <laughs>
0: today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Paying those paying those drafting
2: bills, Craig. That's what I gotta do, buddy. Yeah, that check was, out and, check and out Pete on the
0: Phoenix Sports Show, talking yeah, about the, the Phoenix Kachino. Sports Show. Honestly, too.
2: Coyote fans need to get on the Phoenix Sports Show because we just finished a show where we we are uh, eliciting votes on the best jersey in the valley. And of course, I went with the black Kachina You can tune in to see why on the, the PHNX Sports Show. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. We'll get into training camp a little bit deeper and uh, back in the studio for a live show.
0: Great. Sounds good. We'll see everyone tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.